You're listening to Think. It's like think, but with an M instead of an N. So it's Think. This is episode 14. I'm Nicholas Rue. I'm... Oh, shit, I forgot who I was. I'm Paul Vine. You're Paul Vine. Uh, we're here with Engineer Harold. Hey. Engineer hey. Harold. I'm, it's, it's, we need to get you a hat. Yeah. I, I think we should all get hats. You can wear the Think Safety hat. You can wear the New Jersey Transit Authority safety hat. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm Because we're going to be hitting you over the head with some knowledge. <laughs> hey! Is that a better tagline than what we came up with at the end of the last episode? I don't know what we came up with. Um, it was Themes a bitch and then you die. Oh, yeah. Well, that's also <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It I is think, true. I think, like, put on your hard hats. We're going to hit you over the head with some knowledge. Yeah, that's good. It seems long, but something yeah. like that. I just... It's I, not a all, bumper all sticker, my, but it's maybe a t-shirt. Right. All my favorite, like, podcasts have, like, uh, like a tagline at the end um, that are really good and funny and we don't I, I that's good yeah like at the end of this american life where they're like when that's just tales from this american life yeah or walter cronkite ends his nude news broadcast his with, nude broadcast his nude, <laughs> his nude broadcast where he's walter like cockcrites <laughs> yeah i forgot about that porno that he did um but with you know the that's the way the cookie crumbles is that what it is uh-huh that's and if <laughs> that's just that's just some more schmear on the bagel uh, I think his was that's the way it was. That's the way the cookie crumbles was the Bruce Almighty joke, right? About it. Good night and good luck. That's that. Um, that's one of those people. George Clooney made a movie about it. Go it's fuck called your- Good Night and Good Luck. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, just go fuck yourself, San Francisco. Right? That's, Isn't that Anchorman? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've seen movies. This is off to a strong start. Yeah. Um, it's your turn. You, okay. Yeah, go into You sure? It. You want yeah. me to go into it? All Absolutely. right. I, I just didn't want to. I'm time to get it. Uh, it's time. I'm, I'm putting the hat, hard hat on, and it's time hat. for I'm you a, to just, well, just good. knock me upside the head with whatever this week's topic is. All right. What were you doing in 1955? I was not born yet. All right, but still. My father was not born yet. Okay, so you really weren't up to much. All right, what was going on in to the To understate world? it. Yeah, what's... 1955? Uh, yeah. shit. Give me just... What do you think the, that 1955 okay. was like? Yeah, my normal go-to is a movie that came out in 1955. Uh, oh. James Stewart was America's favorite actor. Frank Capra was Knockman Out of the Park. All right, that's actually... Humphrey good... Bogart, Lauren Bacall. Oh, what a romance. Uh, it's good that you brought up movies because that does come in later. Okay. Um, also, it's the year that uh, Marty travels to in <laughs> Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, so in, in 1955, um, our boys had just come home from the Korean War. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 1953. Yeah. Um, and as a result of World War II, they had passed the GI Bill, right? Which was sure. basically designed to uh, provide economic alleviation to. Um, all of our veterans from World War II. This also applies to veterans of the Korean War. What about World War One? Uh, those people suck and die. <laughs> no, they. Um, I don't. I think it maybe went back to also cover them. I think Not, if you were a veteran, yeah. it covered you. Like I don't think the I don't think the U.S. was like, hey, you know what, World War One vets, go fuck yourself. It's, it's, it's like yeah, it's like the thing where like Jesus died for the sins of everyone afterward, but no one before. Yeah, it was uh, was that retroactive? Yeah. I think it was retroactive. No, oh, you went to Catholic school. I just I, watched a few movies. Oh okay, 
Uh, was he a movie star? Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> Jim, what's his name? Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. Caviezel. So, mm. Show some respect for JC. All right. Oh, his initials are also JC. Yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's mainly Is why that the only reason they cast him? Probably. Yes. I mean, he's like a handsome white dude, which is, uh, for some reason, the portrayal of Jesus. Yeah, well, what if we just had... Mel Gibson's terrible. Okay, hear me out. Good director. Really ugly Jesus. Really ugly Jesus? <laughs> like, like, unbearably ugly Jesus. Do you think it could fly in today's, uh, like, church? Oh, man, in church? I don't know. Like, like just ugly... And like, like dad bod Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're getting there. I don't know if like, I don't know. Do you think the new Pope would be like into that? I don't think this Pope would be, yeah. but I think the Pope after the next him, Pope, next Pope would be. Yeah. Into dad so maybe bod like Jesus. a young, like if there was a Pope that was younger, like a Jesus. And that, like if the Pope fucked. Yeah. Know? If the Pope fucked. He would be into like an ugly, sad. What if that's the plot of the new HBO uh, new Pope? Yeah. Is the new Pope just comes out and goes, Jesus had a dad bod and he wore big dog t shirts. Hey, Jesus looked like shit. He wore socks with sandals. He always. They put the crown of thorns over his ball cap that he was wearing. It was the same one he had Short had shorts, for 20 years. Big dog t shirt. Socks and sandals. It's like a big, like, like clump of, of <laughs> sunscreen. sunscreen like, he's like, like he's a lifeguard. Yeah. Okay. He's like, Jesus is like. He would be a good lifeguard because he can walk dad. on water. He doesn't even have to, like, you yeah. know, it's easier. Like, no matter how fast you can swim, you can't swim as fast as if you people, can run. If people touch Jesus while he was walking on water, could they also walk on water? I don't think we had, like, a Peter Pan situation <laughs> okay. going on. Right. Our Mary Poppins, I don't remember. I think Peter Pan. Mary Poppins just, like, had a bag umbrella. that never ended. Well, and she had the umbrella. Yeah, and the umbrella. Anyway, unrelated to my topic. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> is your, your topic isn't ugly Jesus? No. I, I, don't know how, how much, Jesus? I don't know how much I could teach you about that, <laughs> considering it doesn't exist. But, um, no, so talking about the GIs, the people that came back and were struggling to make it through. Yeah, we wanted to help them. Uh, today I'm going to talk about a man who did not fit that description at all. Okay. All right. So in 1954, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in uh, the case was uh, the Federal Communications Commission versus ABC. Oh, the FCC versus ABC? Yeah. And what they ruled was that Quish... Which is, was, was the chairman at the time of ABC, um, Arthur Broadcasting Corporation? I think it was his son, Alistair. Okay, Alistair Broadcasting Corporation. I think, I think Arthur founded it. And was that before or after the schism with Niles? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. I think it was before. All right, so FCC... Yeah, FCC versus ABC. The Supreme Court basically ruled that quiz shows do not constitute gambling. Oh shit! Wait, is that is any of this the movie Quiz Show with is, John Turturro? Yeah, this is that movie's about this. Okay, yeah, I saw like half of that, so All right, I know good. half. Of All right, this. well, it's it a fiction. Good. That's a fictionalized version. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm talking but about that's another thing where they were like, get that ugly Jew off TV, which is, I assume, how people would feel about Schlubby John- Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. That's why no one's ready for it. Yeah, okay. Which this could also go into my... Uh, Your topic. No, not my topic. Is, uh, just anti-Semitism. my... Anti-Semitism. 
I'm not saying I feel that way. I'm saying that's how people were in Quiz Show. That's what I'm saying. So you're going to teach us about anti-Semitism. Okay, no. Uh, not, not, not quite. Not just be anti-Semitic. No, my, mine, <laughs> I feel like this is slowly just transitioning to I'm going to try and do my Rodney Dangerfield as Jesus Christ God, for uh, a while. Damn it. I was hoping to get away from it, but yeah. it's back, baby. I won't do it. That'll be, uh, that'll be uh, the fucking patreon yeah. content the first is just an hour of me doing that and then the second one's gonna be another hour of it <laughs> that's all the content's gonna be this is why we don't have a patreon jesus dangerfield live at the apollo oh that's... god i'm not I, nobody's gonna pay money for that you're gonna have to give that away all right yeah i'll just that'll be my mixtape that i hand out all right so in 54 they announced that hey quiz shows aren't gambling which means that you can show them on television so in 55 just a bunch of quiz shows like came out uh it had already been like a pretty popular format on radio mm-hmm. um and one of the the probably the, the biggest show that was like a large money format was called the sixty four thousand dollar question yeah which was based in the radio show um take it or leave it which then also got rebranded as the $64 question. Wasn't there one hosted by Groucho Marx? Maybe. I think there was a quiz show I was reading about that was hosted by Groucho Marx. I didn't, but it was I neither of those? Yeah, I didn't know. Okay. So. I think that one was You Bet Your Life, which yeah, came out at sounds, the same time. Yeah, okay. Um, you're thinking of that Jack Benny bit uh, about Jack. your money or your life. I think that was him. Take My Wife? No, that's my. That's different. Okay, and it's he's like, oh yeah, yeah the yeah. guy comes up and he's like, your money or your life, and he's like, well, what's it gonna be? He's like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Yeah, Jack yeah. Benny was the inspiration for the voice of Bugs Bunny. Probably, I have no I think, idea. I I've, think that might be wrong. Don't, anyway, don't keep telling me. All on. right, so sixty-four thousand dollar question was the biggest one. Um, and basically, they ask you a question. If you get it right, you can choose to take that money, or you can leave. Um, or, or sorry, choose to take that money, or you can go on to the next question and you'll double your money. Um, so the radio show went up to $64. Um, Lou Cohen, he's an important person in this, took this idea and he enlarged the jackpot to $64,000. Um, so they needed advertisers, and this is a big point, part of this is that uh, because it's such a large amount of money, they needed obviously you need somebody to pony up that money. Um, so for the $64,000 question, they've got Revlon, Mel Blanc. Yeah, That's the guy, the guy who did Bugs Bunny. Yeah, this guy voiced Bugs Bunny, but... Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't listen to anything else you just God said. I was it. just thinking... All right, well, this isn't he about you. He thing to 64000 Yeah, and he got... Which is like a ton of money at the time. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's like a, oh, half a million dollars. Yeah, that sounds like nothing. Who wants to be a millionaire? Now you're talking. This was the 50s, may I remind you, and inflation hadn't like risen to an unbearable level. What is... Like, like what do you do to... Uh, one of those hammers that you win at the fair. You hit it? You inflate it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> so Revlon was a, the sponsor. Um, this is important because... Uh, so the format... Uh, well, I'll get into that. But the format of the show was people would come on. They would choose one topic. All their questions would be related to that topic. The first week, they would get up to... Uh, I think $4,000. They would ask them enough questions to get up to 4000 And once you hit that point, you come back every week. Every do, week? Yeah, and just do one question. So it goes 4000 8000 16000 okay. 32, yeah, yeah. 64. So you're on the show for like six weeks mm-hmm. if, if you're good. 
And now obviously that's a problem because people will tune in if it's somebody they like, if it's somebody that they hate, they won't. Um, so what wound up happening is there was like a subtle form of fixing that started happening because uh, Charles Revson, who was the like owner of Revlon, basically said, you know, I don't like this person. Yeah. I don't think that's good for us. Yeah. People aren't going to like like them, buy our products, whatever. So what they did is they started asking people basically every question they knew about the topic and then got an idea of what they knew and then would either ask them stuff that they didn't know or ask them stuff that they already knew Yeah. in order to ensure that they made it to the next week. So it was like subtle. Okay. <laughs> subtle, quote Soft. Unquote. Soft uh, yeah. cheating. Um, so uh, one of these contestants that they tried to get rid of, and this is actually really cool, her name was uh, Dr. Joyce Brothers. Oh, yeah. Um, and she was like a psychologist. But when she appeared on there, she's like, well, I'm a psychologist. And, you know, she named some topics that because they they did this like big thing where they're like, oh, it's a random topic. But it wasn't like it was, you know, they just faked that. Yeah. Um, and the people that ran the show are like, well, you know, we're looking for people who are like out of the ordinary, like the Marine who's an expert in cooking. Um, that old trope. Right. So they're like, you know, it'd be really cool if your your topic of expertise was something that like you as a dumb broad should know about, which is basically how they, not probably what they said, but mm. was essentially I, yeah. what it was because they're just like, uh, what about horse racing or football or boxing? And she's like, got it, got it, got it. And so she's like, oh, I'll do boxing. And so she got to the like $16,000 question on boxing and then they instead of asking her questions about boxers just starting asking her questions about referees like who referee <laughs> fights like because they're like there's no way she's gonna know this and she fucking did yeah and she she made it she won she was the only woman to ever win the $64,000 question damn right um, and uh, and we'll get into it and what later. did she go on to do um, she basically had an advice column yeah um, I mean, she also went on the $64,000 challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, specifically, I think I've heard of her from the advice column. Yeah. Yeah. She was like a famous advice columnist for okay. a long time. Um, I mean, she was a psychologist. Oh, I think, think I feel like writing into Joyce Brothers was like a punchline in older movies, you know? Probably. Probably. Uh, she maybe played herself in the movie Van Wilder. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if that's something that I saw, if that was her, if that was somebody else. Because I remember seeing, like, well, there was a movie called, like, Elvis is Alive. I saw him eating ding-dongs outside of the Quickie Mart or something like that. What? That was the name of, like, a movie from, like, the 90s that somebody was in. I think it was her. She was in. And then, like, ten years later, she was in Van Wilder as herself. Okay. I have awesome. no idea. Yeah, um, don't fact check that. No. Um. So th- so they had this, you know, 64000 Hold on, I'll look it up and not pay attention to what you're saying. Fuck <laughs> So they had the sixty-four thousand dollar question. They did a spinoff called the sixty-four thousand dollar challenge in fifty-six. What was that? Physical challenges? No. That, so they, what they would do like is Nickelodeon guts. No, they would do head-to-head with people who had got to like the eight thousand dollar mark. Um, so it's just like another way you can win money. That one got a little bit more blatant in their attempts to fix it. Like mm-hmm. they would, uh, like one of the guys was a reverend, and he said when he was in the office talking about like his next appearance in the show, somebody just like. Basically asked him a trivia question like, hey, do you know uh, what poet wrote uh, the story about like Hero and Aleander? And he's like, I have no idea. And they shouted out. It's like, oh, it's Thomas Hood. And then later that night, that was the question that he got asked. So they got they started like giving the answers away. Basically about two years. But this is exactly what I remember. 
from Quiz Show. All right. So, the movie. So the, the thing came to a head in uh, 58. Are you going to spoil the end? Yes. Oh. It's a, it's Does history. John Totoro win? No, he dies. He dies <laughs> no, I like him. I don't know who he plays in that. I think he plays... Does he play Herb Stemple? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to He's like the that. guy that's really smart that they don't like because yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. not like appropriate for TV. Yeah, yeah. So, so, they get just so I'm going to get into that. Okay, so, okay. okay. So the, the, there's two shows that came out like later called 21, which is the show that Herb Stemple was on, and Dotto. Uh, Dotto is important because Dotto is basically the key to the whole thing. Is that the lesbian, the like pseudo-lesbian pop singer from the 90 pop group? What? I'm trying to make a Dido joke, but I don't remember enough about it or know how to phrase it. Yeah. Here's what I know about Dido. <laughs> Scrubs. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it was just like two young women that had a pop group together and no, they like... That in, was not Dido. What's that? Enya? No, Enya didn't have a pop group. She was a solo artist. What's Dido? Dido did that song with Eminem. Oh, is that Dido? Stan. That's right. But I think they also did that thing where it was like the two. You're, it's a different group. They're from Russia. Yeah, you're thinking of the Russia group. That's what I was going to say. And that's not Enya. No. No. Enya's like weird. Like Orinoco Flow. All right, Dido expert next time. <laughs> yeah. I just know right. from that Eminem song. Yeah. Um, put your picture on my wall. Yeah, all right. All right, just say it again. I'll cut out everything how <laughs> just blatantly wrong i was about no, no it's good your... this is this is how people learn as they find out how you were wrong yeah and they know what not to do i don't even know how to spell the word to think i thought you're gonna say dido right <laughs> uh don't yeah. don't try yeah. all, all right. right let's move on all right so 21 was uh like a pretty popular show that was what herb stemple was on mm-hmm. and so herb stemple is this kid from queens who and I'm sure you, you, maybe some of this is familiar to you, but he was really I've heard smart. Heard of a kid from Queens? Yeah, uh, Spider Man. Um, hey, <laughs> oh, Spider Man was who I was thinking of. Yeah, Herb Simple Spider Man. Yeah, right. That's that's, the, the, that's how this yeah. story ends. Yeah. So J. Was, Jonah Jameson was actually it. It, he could be Spider Man. So he's a really smart kid. He's an avid reader. He had like what he called a retentive memory. So mm-hmm. he could like look at something and then remember it like six months later, um, like pretty well. Um, so he wrote in in 56 wanting to be on 21. Um, he got the most questions right on the qualifying test, like 251 out of 363 questions correct. Yeah. Which doesn't seem great, but it's like the best that anyone's ever done. Um, so he was going to go on, and the producer, his name was Dan Enright, kind of came up to him and was like, you know, I think you'd be good for the show, but really we need like a hook, you know? So what they did is he they dressed him in like shabby clothes. This was a guy who like was an army, an army, had a wife, was relatively successful. Yeah, uh, had an okay life. They dressed him down. They gave him like a marine haircut. They said like, oh, he's a struggling GI trying to get through college. Uh, he's like a single dad or something and he's trying to take care of his kids and all this other shit. So they like basically made a fake backstory for him to be like sympathetic. Yeah. Um, and he, and was, he on, was totally on board with it. Yeah, he was fine. I and mean, they the, did this from the get go. Yeah. Well, cause the, the, right. the producer came up to him and was just like, you want to make $25,000. Yeah. And he was just like, yes, I feel like they skip over that in the movie. Yeah. I mean, it was a thing where he was like, he testified later that he was like, you know, he knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, so, but the problem was, is that, uh, actually, yeah, yeah. So they, um, he was good. So he was on there until he was going to, he had $69,500. 
the producers of the show decided their their ratings were plummeting. Sixty four thousand dollar question was like in the top five. Sixty four thousand dollar challenge was in the top five. Like Nielsen ratings, they were way down. So they're like, well, we need a new person. You know, people are getting tired Too of this. Too much herb. Yeah, people are getting tired of this asshole. So they found Charles Van Doren, who mm. was like a, an English teacher. He taught at Columbia. Very nice. He comes from like a very prestigious family, uh, like multiple Pulitzer Prize winners in his family. Like rich. like Beautiful golden hair. Yeah. Strong jawline. I do not know if that's true. In the movie. Okay. He's, a, he's a handsome fella. Who plays him? I don't know. God. I don't remember. I just remember John. I, All right. I'll look it up. No, don't look it up. All right. But anyway, so he's like from a nice family, like um, like Wasp. He's a Wasp, like yeah. rich New England Wasp. Um, so they tell Stemple, you got to throw it. Like the way 21 works was like you pick a value between 1 and 11. They ask you a question. If you get it right, you get that those points. If you get it wrong, you lose those points. Okay. So Stemple had 16 points. He bet five points. The question mm. they asked him. Okay. I got this. What motion picture won the Academy Award for 1955? Ooh. Ooh, did you already say this at the beginning? I did not. Okay, 1955. This is why when you said movies, I was like... 1955. Let's see. Was it Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I don't think that won an Academy Award, no. Mm, It probably got snubbed. That's who should have won. Yeah. What was it? So, the answer was Marty. 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 A movie that I'd never heard of. However. But you did make a reference to Marty McFly earlier. I, so I did. Okay. Nice. I did kind of. I set that up. I incepted yeah. it myself. Oh. Um, so Marty. Shit, nice inception. Yeah. So the thing about Marty is that it's actually Herb Stemp, one of Herb Stemple's favorite movies. And so when they asked him this question, he had to, like, because the thing that they had done is they gave him all the answers. They coached him on how to appear, like, like when to mop his brow. And like you mm-hmm. know, they they give like just rigorous. so he looked like a big schmuck. Yeah, they give him yeah. like they give like rigorous acting. Like everything was choreographed. Yeah. Um. And so they ask him the question. He obviously knows the answer. And if you watch a video of him, like it's pretty clear that he's kind of like pissed that he has to throw it. So he says the movie that won the Academy Award the previous year, which was on the waterfront. Mm. Um. <laughs> Think yeah, that's pretty much Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah, Marlon Brando like eating a bunch of bread. <laughs> He's always eating bread. That was, you... That's the plot to Apocalypse yeah. Now, right? <laughs> Name one scene in The Godfather where Marlon Brando isn't just grabbing a breadstick and putting it in his mouth while he's talking just, to He's people. just like eating a whole loaf of bread. Yeah. While, There's like, always like, bread in his cheeks while he's talking. They're fresh rolls. Yeah. Um, so Herb Stemple was out. Van Dorn won. Now, eventually Herb Stemple was like fed up. In like 57, he was like going around to newspapers and being like... Is Herb Stemple even his real name? It is. That's a really good Herbert name. Stemple. Herbert Stemple. But... Um, I love that it sounds So he's fake. going around telling people like, hey, you know, these things are fixed. Nobody listens to him. Yeah. And then in 1958, on the TV show Dotto, Edward... Dotto? Dotto. Okay. <laughs> Edward Hilgemeyer. Oh. Edward Hilgemeyer was backstage. He was like the backup contestant. And he saw uh, the main contestant like messing around with like a notebook. She goes on stage to film the show because they do it live. He went over to see what she was messing with, found the notebook, realized that it was filled with all the answers to the questions that she was reading live on television right there. Mm. So he wrote an affidavit to the FCC saying, 
hey, like this show's fixed. FCC, like that show quickly got canceled. I think it was on CBS. That got canceled. The news story broke that Dada was fixed. Uh, suddenly, every quiz show's rating started tanking because everyone was like, well, what if they're all fixed? So they opened up a grand jury and interviewed like 150 people, producers, contestants, and whatnot, um, in 1958. They got a bunch of testimony, and then suddenly they like, like sent the jury home, didn't bring up any charges, sealed the records. Ooh. Which is like suspicious as hell. Yeah. Um, they shipped them into that warehouse at the end of yeah, Indiana the, Jones. Jones. Yeah. So a uh, hundred later, uh, one of the prosecutors, uh, I guess, was put was on the record saying probably a hundred of those 150 people perjured themselves. Because <laughs> like the contestants didn't want to admit that they were given the answers or, you know, it was a, a fake. The producers obviously didn't want to do that. Yeah. So uh, Congress opened up an investigation. Uh, Stemple, uh, Stemple testified. Hilgemeyer testified. Um, this was in 1959. Um, there was one guy, though, who was one who basically blew the case wide open. Um, James Snodgrass. Just are great names, yeah, dude. Right? Snodgrass? Yeah. So the thing about Snodgrass is that he was one of the contestants. He was given the answers. What he said is that he would go into like the office. They would tell him the questions. They would tell him the answers. They would tell him the order. He would go home, He's type up, what? He's a narc. Yeah, he typed up everything on like a typewriter, sent them to himself in a sealed letter, so that it was post like postmarked. Dude, he's a hardcore narc. Yeah, because he was he was like, I don't know if this is gonna come back to bite me. Like he wasn't sure why he did it. But yeah. Like, it, was he like also a lawyer? I don't know. Because that's like, a lot of. But yeah, so he did that, and then like during this trial, like he presented this evidence and it was like clear evidence that like, okay, yeah, he was like, you could tell by the date that it was set. Yeah. And the date that the shows aired that like, oh yeah, he was, you know, it blew wide open. Um, so Stemple, you know, Van Doren had gone on to do like the today show or something, or he had like a TV show on NBC, which did come around at some point. Um, he lost mm-hmm. that job. He was mm-hmm. like, almost all these people were disgraced. Nobody saw jail time. Nobody really got fined or anything, but like, the quiz shows like tanked. Uh, it was like a, a weird thing. Dwight D. Eisenhower was like, uh, "This is a horrible thing to do to the, the American people," which is a funny thing. It's like it's quiz shows. It's a quiz show scandal. Yeah. Um, now the one cool thing is that um, Joyce Brothers, yeah, who they, you know, asked the weird questions about referees. She was there. They were trying to get her kicked off. Didn't work. They found out that like. In the testimony, so that, she never cheated. Yeah, she was legit. Nice. Like, if any, if anything, one of the producers said, if anything, like, we tried to get her, mm-hmm. you know, kicked off the show, and she was just too good. She was too dang smart. So, um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have. It's a, just like a weird moment in history, and then yeah, they passed like a law making it illegal to fix game shows. Which, like, t- why was that not already on the books? But, um, and then you know, now we've got. So you're telling me every no quiz shows now are rigged? They're not. I just took the Jeopardy test and did really badly. So really, okay. I I'll, I can tell you if I do somehow make it onto the next round and get on the show, I can tell you if Jeopardy's rigged. So or not. Ken Jennings is for real. Mm, I mm. think he's fake. I think he's a robot. <laughs> I think he's a real robot. That's gonna be the reveal in five years. Yeah, like the the big thing was like Watson. 
I think that Ken Jennings is like a... He'll just take off his face, and then it'll be yeah bright white light coming out. Yes. Okay. I'm like, down for that. Uh, it'll be like the Sladeen in Doctor Who. He'll just like Ooh. unzip himself. Ooh. And this be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm just still hung up on Eisenhower saying, like, complaining about the shows being canceled and faked. No, not complaining about them being canceled. He just said that, like, what they did was a, a horrible thing to do to the American people. What? To, to rig the shows and lie to them like that. Okay. He's not saying that being canceled was bad. He's okay. not complaining about, like, he's yeah. not sitting there like, man, I love I, you, I'm the president. You should bring 21 back. Yeah, uh, hey, this is Ike. Uh, bring back 21 and Dotto. Wait, isn't, didn't Trump get 24 back that way? Did Trump get 24 back? <laughs> 24 is back on the air, and yeah, I, I know that was his first executive oh, order. Oh, no, I, don't, I think that came back before <laughs> Trump was president. Oh, really? I, oh. Well, that's just another thing I didn't know. Yeah. Like Dotto. Like you were thinking of Tattoo. Tattoo! Yeah. yeah, the other band that had, you know, it, it sound Dido Tattoo. You get how mentally. No. It's T-A-T-U, like D-I-D-O. Four letters, consonant, vowel, same consonant, vowel. They're, like, filed in the same shelf. Am- r- no? Completely different vowels. Well, it, I know, but in the vague... In the va- <laughs> Yes, but that's the pattern of... The- Fine, okay, I'm wrong. If... The so uh, I mean, if you want to just break it down to like the similarity is that they both have letters. Yeah. In them. Well, like, no, yeah. it's the same pattern. Of, all right. Fine. I'm not gonna win this. What I will give you is that D and T have similar sounds depending yeah. on your accent, where you're from. Well, it's just like I, when I was younger, I thought that Hootie and the Blowfish and Blue Oyster Cult were the same band, just because I knew what? there was I knew there were two bands with kind of long names that were vaguely fish that who's, were fish. Who's named. the lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish? Isn't it that uh, Darius? Rucker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know that. That. <laughs> that was the thing that my dad told me the other day that I was just like, wait, what? Because I don't know anything about you in the Blowfish. Yeah, I don't know why I know Darius Rucker. Yeah, all right. All I know is he did a cover of Wagon Wheel. Yep. Let's just leave it on that. We don't need to give Darius Rucker and his cover of Wagon Wheel any more time unless he's going to pay us. In which case. Instead of a word we'll from cut. our sponsor, we will add uh, the entirety of Wagon Wheel. So you're either- here. <laughs> Enjoy Wagon Wheel. We'll be back. Do you like to cook? Of course you don't. Nobody likes to cook, but that's because you don't know how to do it. You're in the kitchen. You're cutting your meats into cubes and your vegetables into juliennes and throwing them at the stove and hoping that what comes out is edible. What temperature do you cook it at? For how long? Saute? Flambe? You just don't know. Well, now you do. With the Donner Party Box, you get your fresh ingredients delivered straight to your home, along with easy-to-understand recipes that lay out all the steps to making delicious, nutritious, home-cooked meals. You'll be bragging to all your friends about how great you are now at cooking. But it's not just knowing how to cook. You gotta use the right ingredient. That's why they only use the finest meat, locally sourced from underdeveloped neighborhoods in your community. So not only does it taste great, but you can rest easy knowing that you're helping to support families in need. Their vegetables are also grown in community gardens by those same families and provided with all the nutrients and compost that growing plants love. Once everything is ready, the ingredients are packaged and sent straight from the farm to your door. No time spent sitting on supermarket shelves, just fresh ingredients ready for your table. Use the special offer code THIMK that's T-H-I-M-K, to get 20% off of your first order, and we'll make sure your Donner Party Box finds you. 
Right, we're back. That was worth our sponsor. Or it was Wagon Wheel. Or it was Wagon Wheel. Uh, who I guess in this case would have been our sponsor, so I didn't lie. Yeah, that's true. I just wasn't. He I was is. I, yeah, I, 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 I didn't want to share this, but uh, we're both engaged in to Darius AA. Rucker. <laughs> and Darius Rucker is our sponsor slash um, fiance. Did you say we're both in AA? Yes, and engaged. Like Alcoholics Anonymous? Yes. Is he our sponsor? Okay. <laughs> this okay. Is, okay. It that, took me. Sorry. That joke was not working. With that no, effort. it was. That's fine. It took me because I was I was thinking mentor was the word you that you get when you join AA, but no. I realized as soon as you said sponsor, it's like oh. Well, no, you would you know right. that if you showed up to one of the meetings with me and Darius. Well, I. I'm drinking a beer right now, so I feel like if I showed up to an AA meeting with a can of alcohol, they would get mad at me and probably kick me out. I don't know if you get kicked out for that, because I feel like that's the thing they're trying to help you with. They're trying to help me drink this beer? No, to not drink beer. By drinking the beer. So that I brought. think when you show up, no, I think that's when Darius Rucker Can you would be take a designated you. beer drinker? Like if somebody shows up to an AA meeting with. Uh, alcohol. Almost and just, certainly not. That's and, like completely against well, the thing. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like if somebody's there and they have alcohol and it's like, no, you can't have that. You yeah. know, you're trying to get off of it. I'll let me take that for you. I'll take that. I will I think I will jump on that grenade. I think that's just like being the janitor at whatever high school gym they host AA meetings in. <laughs> okay. I mean I've done that's that. That's really mean to janitors. Yeah, I'm sorry, janitors. I, say, I, I mean I've done the similar thing like I picked up after a dance party the other day. Yeah. Um, and there were a bunch of probably underage kids drinking alcohol and oh. cups. Um, and a thing that I did was like went through and when I was cleaning up, you know, if there's a little left in the cup, bar was closed, you know, you just get a little something for yourself. And you just what? pray to God that it's not you, roofied. Ah, did you just drink what was left out of the cups, or did you make like a Frankenstein beer of just everything? No, you together? just drink. You could just clear the cup. You don't want to put a liquid from a like in that's in a cup into like a trash bag. Gross, gross. Yeah, it is gross. That's why I drank it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, okay. All right. Am I joking? No, I don't know. You don't know, huh? But um, I don't. Maybe I'm just telling a half truth. There could be any uh, bodily fluid in that. Yeah, there see, could be spit. You just don't think about that. Okay. Well, instead, it's like when you drop I've something got something on the floor. Instead, I've got something for you to think about. I'm leaving. <laughs> Too bad. Give me that hard hat. All right. No. It's over there. What do you mean no? You put it on for my when I talk to you, you got to let me put it on for yours. Fine. Put on the hard hat. I don't know why it made those sounds. That's the That's noise weird. that makes. There's a weird sound for a hard hat. I found it on the street in New York. There's really weird stuff in it. Oh, God, there's rats in it. Uh, there's rats everywhere. Uh, speaking of something. <laughs> speaking of rats everywhere. Sure. Um, I am, my topic for this week is panspermia, which is Latin for jizz everywhere. See, I would have thought it was Latin for jizz in your food. No, no. Panspermia, like in a pan? Yeah. All right. 
How about jizz in that mischievous Greek god or whatever? For making fucking when you pandro. fuck Mister Tumnus. <laughs> All right, panspermia. Are you familiar with it? Uh, I'm like half. Of, I've heard it before, but I do not know what it is. Cool, because <clears throat> I do. It's the hypothesis that life exists throughout the universe, distributed by meteoroids, asteroids. Comets, planetoids, even by spacecraft. Duh, not like, probably not like a cool So way. this is like Mass Effect. Like probably just like unintended contamination. Yeah, so um, like Mass, Mass Effect, Effect, or as the Wikipedia article pointed out, basically the plot of Spider-Man 3. Oh, fuck that. And Men in Black 2. <laughs> yeah. Which is, oh God. I didn't realize that those movies had the same exact plot point. Mm-hmm. Well, so this is the real thing. Do you know what an extremophile is? It's some... I think you can riff on this for a little bit. No, it is... I, I mean, I think I do actually know what it is. Ooh, okay. But it is uh, people who only fuck... Like, people who are into extreme sports. <laughs> like, it's like... Uh, uh, do you base jump? Oh, no. Yeah, this, this isn't going to work out. Is that not extreme enough? Or is um, that... Well... Whitewater rafting, is that extreme enough? I mean, it falls under the category of extreme sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a non-extreme... If you're in the X Games? Ah, no, that's not extreme. Not extreme enough? No, it's got to be like base jumping, bungee jumping, skydiving. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe knife throwing would be like a sport that is extreme, but maybe doesn't actually fall under extreme sports. I'd have to find an extremophile and pitch them things like... All right, so I'm into, like, skeet shooting. Is that extreme enough? Uh, or knife throwing is probably good. Knife throwing Fire is juggling. probably good. So, it's something that, likes, uh, like, really hot or really cold, right? Like extreme uh, environments. Are you, oh, are you being real now? I'm yeah. sorry I tuned out. Mel Blanc. <laughs> Jack Benny. Uh, extremophiles are microorganisms with extraordinary capabilities to thrive in the harshest environments on Earth. I think that's pretty damn close yeah, to you're what right. I said. You're good. You're good. Um, they can thrive in deep sea, ice, boiling water, acid, the water core of nuclear reactors. Oh, yeah. That's talking about like Chernobyl. Yeah. That's Call back to episode 12, I think. Last, last step. Two, two episodes ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, salt crystals, toxic waste, and in a range of other extreme habitats that were previously thought to be inhospitable for life. Because until the 1970s, people were pretty sure that life was dependent on its access to sunlight. Okay, real quick. So, like, my room's really messy. Does mm-hmm. that make me an extremophile? Uh, how, like many, I- how many base jumpers have you fucked? Uh, none. <laughs> okay, then no. <sighs> That's where you're missing out. Damn it. So, panspermia is that uh, the idea that microscopic life forms, such as extremophiles, become trapped in debris and are ejected into space after collisions between planets and small solar system bodies that have life. Um, and if met with, and after the travel, uh, if they come in contact with another planet that has ideal conditions on the surface, the organisms can become active and the process of evolution begins. Where they evolve from black goo into emo spider-man yeah and they, they get real black. into jazz music 
Is he really into jazz? Isn't that the thing where he like upstages MJ at like the cabaret or oh, something? I do not remember Spider-Man 3, dude. Yeah, okay. I only remember it because somebody took one of the songs from La La Land <laughs> yeah. and put it All over right. that scene. That's a good mashup. So, yeah, it'll it's Black Goo that turns you into Ryan Gosling in La La Land. Not worse things could happen. Yeah, that's not that bad. And it might be what we have to thank for all of life. Because it is not off base to actually say, I think, scientifically, scientifically that there is a possibility that something that used to be black goo be- became Ryan Gosling. Are you postulating that Ryan Gosling is like Adam? Like, was the, the progenitor of all <laughs> No, I just life mean eventually, Earth? you know? Oh, eventually. Yeah. Because yeah. he's a current living person. So you're saying in the... Like, as far as I know, something well, uh, terrible wait, could have happened. Do you mean like ancestrally? Like he was like like black goo gave birth to more black goo that eventually evolved and became Ryan Gosling? Or do you mean that Ryan Gosling, when he was like a fetus, was black goo? <laughs> like the plot to I believe I, have, I think that's the plot to Prometheus. Um, yeah, it's also basically the plot to Prometheus. Is it? Um, no, that's Michael Fassbender. I'm thinking Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Well, no, it's like those. Um, an example of. What I'll get to, which is directed uh, panspermia, is that is <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. I'll get there. It's my second favorite spermia option. Um, yeah, I'll get there. How dude. many options do you have? Several. Uh, is all right. Do I have to th- pick one? The at thing the end? in no, we'll talk about all of them. The thing in because like two of them suck, and one is like pretty cool, and one is the, the best, best thing I've ever heard. Um, but. Yeah, in Prometheus, they, like, take one of the pale, handsome Squidwards and then, like, dissolve his body in the <laughs> ether black... of Earth, and yeah. that's what's supposed to make humans. Yeah, and that's basically panspermia. Yeah, that is that is exactly an example of directed panspermia. Okay. Which I will get to. Because that movie, that's directed by um, Ridley Scott. Fun fact. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Also, so is Alien. Yeah, I know. And he did Alien Covenant. Covenant. Yeah, and Gladiator and Blade Runner. And I think he did Robin Hood as well. Sure. All right. So (laughs) Panspermia, the plot of Prometheus, uh, was first mentioned in the 5th century by a Greek philosopher named Anaxagoras. Which is, I looked it up, the proper pronunciation. That's exactly how you say his name. mm. Uh, It evolved as a theory over the years, and in 1903, finally reached the level of a detailed hypothesis through the efforts of Swedish chemist, and this is, again, I looked it up exactly how to say this, Savante Arhinus. Hynius. Why do both these men have butts in their name? (laughs) You got anal gorax and... Our our Heine. Well, they love panspermia. I don't know what it is <laughs> about panspermia. I, I see what they mean when they say directed panspermia. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you can try and find something in these names. <clears throat> in the seventies, okay, two of the most influential proponents of panspermia, Fred Hoyle and Chandra Wick Ramasinghe. What <laughs> Chandra? Wick. Chandra? Wick? Ramashingi. Ramathingi. <laughs> yeah. This is real. Uh, in 19... 19- These are just a bunch of perverts. 
<laughs> a bunch of perverts would be like, what if God jizzed on planets and that's where we all came from? <laughs> Which actually, I'm pretty sure is the Egyptian creation myth. I'm not, don't yeah. quote me on that, but I think that so is... So you're saying anal graxis wasn't the first? Yeah, I think he's just a long line of perverts postulating that <laughs> he was God by just someone. got really horny. <laughs> And, like, he forgot to clean up with, like, a Kleenex when he was done. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, fuck. Well, now I got to deal with these monkeys down here. Oh, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't have just in that black goo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a very... Somehow this became a pretty religious episode. Yeah. With Dad by Jesus and... Uh, <laughs> panspermia God. All right. Um, well, Hoyle and Wick Rama Shingy, yeah. uh, they first, in 1974, proposed the hypothesis that dust in interstellar space was largely organic, which later was proved to be correct, containing that it contained carbon. Uh, they also, here's where they were a little off base, a little more off base. Okay. Um, they speculated that several outbreaks of illnesses on Earth were of extraterrestrial origin, right, including is... 1918 flu pandemic, yeah, yeah. certain outbreaks of polio and mad cow disease, and HIV. Also okay. SARS. So hold on. Let me start at the beginning. The 1918-1919 flu outbreak was fucking devastating. They yeah. wiped out like half the Earth. They're also postulating that beyond that, the aliens came back. They're like, this. that was good. Not just, not like, it does not necessitate aliens. It's just that this was bacteria. Okay, you're right. Sorry. God came back and was just like, <laughs> it does that not was good, God, but, but there's one man I need to take down, and that man is FDR. <laughs> so they yeah, gave him polio. It is certain outbreaks of polio. Not all it polio. Was only FDR's polio. <laughs> it was only FDR's polio. They were just like, FDR fucked an alien in Area 51, and that's what happened. Not that explicitly, but maybe. I think this is going to be the new season of the X Files. <laughs> it's just like a five-minute opening scene of FDR You're fucking an alien. It's like the, the the one episode where they had. Like Isn't that f- better than the final episode yeah, of the new absolutely. season? Yeah, I would, I would actually pay money to see that. Like a dude, like in a very good FDR like outfit, and you're just like, is that is that FDR? Why is he walking? Why is he taking his pants off? Oh no! Area Fifty One. Oh, what? No. Oh. He just like walks into a door that says <laughs> Area 51 and opens it because that's how it works. Like, but it's also like just like a normal wood yeah, door. Yeah, and then he opens it Very and he walks down budget. a hallway and there's one that says alien room with bed in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just got out the subtext. And he's, there's, a, there's a door next to it that just says lubricant closet and he walks in there first for a second and comes back out. <laughs> Fox, stop what you're doing. Don't film any more X Files because we gotta re- rewrite the episodes. We gotta punch up your episodes because I think we've got it. Yeah, someone get in touch with Chris Carter. <laughs> We're taking over. Which one? What? Which Chris Carter? Like the X Files, Chris Carter? Or are you saying we should get in touch with former NFL star Chris Carter? <laughs> do you think he'll help us? With, do you think him and the other Chris Carter know each other? I don't think they know each other, but I think Chris Carter, the NFL star, might have the 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 monetary funds yeah. to you know help us produce this X Files, get it out before the official Fox release. Hey, so wait, in X Files, is it also panspermia that's like the cause of Earth? 
Because I remember it's like they have the cavemen, but then they find the alien. So is uh, it that the aliens the outdate the humans? Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't. I never you know something? Okay. I don't entirely remember. Here's what I remember about the movies. The guy who plays John Locke is in the first one. Yeah, let's not talk about X-Files. That's right. Wait, what else do you remember? That's it. It's Antarctica. <laughs> Something about Antarctica. Yeah, that's like one of the opening scenes. That's, and then there's, is that Fight the Future or is that I Want to Believe? I think it's Fight for the Future. I think Fight the Fight for the Future is the first Dude, one. Dude, John Locke just blows up in that movie. Yeah, because he's, 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 is he a suicide bomber or is he a, no, he's like a, a cop? Yeah, he's like an FBI agent. Yeah, that like, goes into like the Oklahoma City. He's like in the Oklahoma City bombing or Yeah, whatever. it's a building that like Mulder, they think they're going to one room and then Mulder's like, I'm going to go grab a soda. And then he goes to the soda machine and realizes it's unplugged and something's wrong with it. And then he like gets it open and realizes it's just filled with bombs. And then they call Locke, and Scully comes. Okay. And then and Locke's then, like, like, I'll figure it out. You guys leave. He's and then like, just, I really want a Sprite. Yeah, and then it blows up while he's staring at it. There's also... Okay, so we So had, now we're going to get into the types of panspermia. All right, so we already had... Well, we briefly discussed How are we doing directed. on time? Uh, 13 minutes. 13 okay. minutes to talk about all that good, good God jizz. Good, good... I can do that. Because... Okay, pseudopanspermia... Sometimes called soft panspermia. You know. Is that like a... It's like the soft rock version of panspermia. Oh, see, what I was thinking is like, you know, if you... Uh, ate, this may be a little TMI, but if you uh, stimulate yourself... Right? Nope, let's just get past that. <laughs> I was going to go for like a fucking yacht rock or like Kenny Loggins joke and you're... G- shut, nope. Okay. Uh, it's also called molecular panspermia. Uh, it argues that the prebiotic organic building blocks of life originated in space and were incorporated into the solar nebula from which the planets condensed and were further and continuously distributed to planetary surfaces where life then emerged. Which I think means basically that God jizzed into the batter. Yeah. And then it expanded. Yeah, like... God, there was you know the singularity at the the you know Big Bang. Mm-hmm. He jizzed into it, and um, Sheldon came out. <laughs> Sheldon from the hit NBC, yeah, Big CBS, Bang. CBS show, yeah, CBS, Big Big Bang thing. You can tell because Cecil Broadcasting C- Smith. Mm, it's actually it's in parentheses J CBS, and it's Jim Caviezel. Broadcasting. <laughs> 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 uh. All right, hashtag Jim Caviezel. How's he doing? This is our Jim Caviezel episode. <laughs> it's just going to be a picture of him as the cover. Let's not do this. Let's get... Okay. From the early 1970s, it was becoming evident that interstellar dust contained, contained a large component of organic molecules. Which is just carbon. Interstellar molecules are formed by chemical reactions within very sparse interstellar or circumstellar clouds of dust and gas. The dust plays a critical role of shielding the molecules from the ionizing effects of ultraviolet radiation emitted by the stars. All right, but what does that mean to you? What that means to me is that within the uh, like the clouds of dust and in like like the Oort cloud, everyone loves the Oort cloud. Um, you just have like small space space debris that's got like carbon in it. Yeah, and because you got all this. You know, dust around you, like the rings. The rings are all like just it small protects rocks. It. 
Yeah, you just, you know, it's like wearing shades. It's like, uh, that's like SPF 500. Yeah. And so they figured out that, like, in that way, it's it's totally possible, believable. Okay. Um, some of the other... So that's pseudo. That's pseudo. That one sucks, yeah. right? Yeah, the, like... I, I mean, th- it's cool, but, you know... The organic... I think it's just, like, a little looser of a theory. That's yeah. why they call it soft. And that's why, like, with knowing that there's carbon in the space dust, that they can say, like, well, this has credence to it. Yeah. But there are people who are like hardcore. I I remember like biology, like sophomore year, where my teacher was talking about the experiment that some dude did, where he just put a bunch of like elements into like a bath and heated them up, and like organic molecules came out of that. Yeah. And that was like a big thing. That was like, oh, you know, maybe panspermia is not real. Yeah. Weirdly, in the in the thing for panspermia, no one mentioned anyone putting a bunch of chemicals in a bath. Yeah. Well, this is a maybe his thing. name wasn't sexual enough. That was a different thing. That was like a non pervert who was just like, "But well, what if I did real science and not this like God just on the world?" And you know. Okay. Well, we'll get to the proponents. The of real it. science. So there's radiopanspermia, which is fucking boring, and it's just that uh, microscopic forms of life can propagate in space, driven by the radiation pressure from the stars. Yeah, it's dumb. But it's just, it's effectiveness decreases with the increasing size of the particles. So it's only very tiny particles, like single cell bacteria spores. And the main criticism of that is the proof, they have proof that of the lethal action of space radiation. Yeah. Like like, UV and X-rays. Yeah, I know. So that's not. Fantastic Four. (laughs) Yeah, because that's how Dr. Doom was made. Well, and the other ones. The next one is also boring. It's lithopanspermia. It's just about fucking rocks. It's just yeah, that there are rocks, organisms on them, and they go from one planet to the other. Like, and like there's on, no like evidence. On vacation or like it's just the, the rocks. So there's no like evidence of it, but it's the fact that like every step of the process, which is like the planetary ejection of rocks, um, survival in transit of organisms on the rock and atmospheric entry of rocks is possible. So it's well, just that like life is hitching hitching rides on rocks. Okay. That's a p- spot plot to a SpongeBob episode. Yeah. <laughs> now here's what I really want to talk about. Give me the good stuff cuz the rest of the stuff you just talked about in the last like 5 minutes it's, it's boring. boring. It's boring. It's That's dumb. where I want to get I couldn't make jokes about it. No. Because this is the good stuff. What's the good stuff? The, the good, good stuff, stuff is the alien stuff. Is directed panspermia. Oh, okay. So yeah. We already talked about this the deliberate, The deliberate transport of microorganisms in space. Either sent to Earth to start life here, or sent from Earth to seed new planetary systems with life by introducing species of microorganisms Wait, on life from planets. Earth? Yeah. Not that like we've done it, or we did it a long time ago. That's like what, the fucking dinosaur. Man, you gonna this is gonna I be know. a hard to listen to episode. You keep punching that shit. <laughs> just really wound up. So the dinosaurs like fucking like we're like oh what if when before this big ass rock comes and kills us all what if we just send a bunch of no I think it was like I think it's the thing that like everything is a cycle like a unicycle no and then maybe like life started a long time ago and then died out and then came back. Uh, Are you lion kinging me right now? Effectively. I'm not, but Nobel Prize winner Francis Crick 
along with Leslie <laughs> Orgel. <laughs> you seemed... You don't know. Wait, you struggled a lot with Francis Crick. Francis Crick? Yeah. You don't know about Francis Crick? Francis Crick. Like, one half of Crick and Watson, the dudes that, well, I was going to say discovered D, the, the yeah. structured DNA. But they but, took credit they for it from the lady. Rosalind Franklin. Yeah. Well, Francis Crick, along. Like, is he the, I think he's the one that's a huge asshole. One of those dudes is a huge dick. Yeah. Um, he surprise, has, surprise. He has a. Crazy. His cr- the crazy idea he had was oh, that um, along with who was I'm sorry who's other Leslie Orgel who Leslie I don't Ar- know Orgel okay yeah um, I know that name but it's probably a man named Leslie because there's no way Francis Crick would ever work right, with or respect woman. a woman or if he did she definitely was sexually harassed all the time or but, maybe it's just like a woman who was like mad about the DNA thing so it's just you, feeding him like insane shit to say well, so he's <laughs> real quick. dumb. Uh, unrelated. Did you ever see the movie about Crick and Watson? No. In which I think Crick was played by Jeff Goldblum. Oh, really? Yeah, and his whole thing is he's just chewing gum the entire time and being Jeff Goldblum is actually pretty good. Uh, well, that's a shout-out for Jeff Goldblum's Crick and Watson, Watson movie. Uh, five minutes? All right, I got a lot to get through. All right, go, 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 go. Not a lot, but... So Crick and Orgel proposed that life may have been purposely spread by an advanced extraterrestrial civilization. Hell yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, that was something they actually proposed. But then, like, uh, the RNA world, like, the idea that um, self-replicating RNA molecules were the precursors to the current life on Earth, once they found out about that, uh, Crick changed his theory to that all of life may have originated on Earth. And, uh, that seems like it might be tied into that chemical bath thing that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. A number of publications since 1979 have proposed the idea that directed panspermia could be demonstrated to be the origin of all life on Earth if a distinctive signature message were found. Deliberately implanted into either the genome or the genetic code of the first microorganisms by their hypothetical progeny okay this okay this is the thing in hitchhiker's guide yeah where ford prefect takes the bag of scrabble tiles yeah and has arthur dent try to pull out because he thinks that because That's, it's the ultimate a- question right, right? because yeah. yeah because he they're trying to find out what the question is and because he's part of the the computer, he thinks that he should be able to like find the secret message. It's that thing. And they run out of tiles. And in 2013, a team of physicists claimed that they had found mathematical and semiotic patterns in the genetic code, which they believe is evidence for such a signature. Okay, can I give some theories on what I think the message is? Uh, yes. All right. It's either Kilroy was here. <laughs> yeah. Or that fucking S thing that everybody drew in high school. I would go for the S thing. Um, or the cover for this should be an S thing tattooed onto Jim Caviezel's forehead. Uh, six. Just the, the number 69. I think it's the S thing. I think the S thing is the best idea. Because okay. like, I've looked into that and there is no, like, no one can quite place it. Everyone thinks it's like an icon for Stussy or a logo for the uh, brand Stussy. But they're like, that was never our logo. Okay. So it might we be found that. it. We've got the secret. It didn't say what they thought it was, but they just thought. Well, there was we know what it is, and it's the fucking yeah. S thing. Our theory is that it's you the know, S thing. No, it's not a theory. It's been proven. However, it was refuted by biologist P. Z. Myers, who said, un- "Quote: Unfortunately, what they've so honestly described is good old honest garbage." 
So he said he said basically like we're they found garbage. something, and he's like, "There's no reason to think someone intentionally put it there. Like that could just be a natural occurring system. Like that could just naturally be there. There's no that dude is going to die." Very easily because he's just gonna walk in his house like his fridge is gonna be open. There's gonna be like foot footprints everywhere, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, there's no reason to think anybody did this stuff. This is just coincidence." Maybe. And then he's gonna be strangled from behind, and it's gonna be me. Okay. If you don't like that, if you don't like that guy shooting you down, we'll check this out. In early two thousand fifteen, in early two thousand fifteen, a microscopic ball made of titanium and vanadium. Vanadium? Vanadium. Vanadium. Was found in Earth's upper atmosphere. Milton Wainwright, a UK researcher and astrobiologist at the University of Buckingham, claimed in a tabloid that the metal ball could contain DNA. He speculates that it could be an alien device sent to Earth by extraterrestrials in order to continue seeding the planet with life. Wait, did you say it's microscopic? Yeah. How the fuck did they find it? (laughs) Yeah. No part of that makes sense. The the weirdest thing is it's, it's the guy who did the famous cover of Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, That's, I didn't know he was crazy. a researcher and astrobiologist. That's crazy. But he can he, play a he just like, Yeah, he just like just like boom Hallelujah. So speaking and then like, speaking but, of garbage, there's okay. one more. The band there is one more type of panspermia, which is accidental panspermia. Oh, that's that's like wet dream panspermia, isn't it? It's. Nocturnal Basically, it's the hypothesis of cosmic garbage that life on Earth might have originated accidentally from a pile of waste products dumped on Earth long ago by extraterrestrial beings. Okay, that is the idea of God just shitting on (laughs) Earth. That is literally Broadside Picnic. What's Roadside Picnic? The thing that I talked about in the Chernobyl episode. The game Stalker is based off oh, of yeah, yeah. Roadside Picnic. And that's literally the plot of that book is that aliens showed up left a bunch of shit that like would be like humans leaving trash mm-hmm. after a picnic and we showed up to get all their with their trash and it like turns people into meat. Yeah. Like just fucking flips them inside out and grinds their bones. Okay. That's kind of a jump to make from cosmic garbage. It is garbage. That's the but that's like the thing in the book is that it's like it's garbage. This yeah. is just different. This is like it's garbage and it became humans. See, now I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, uh, right, it's, we, like, it's like like it's garbage and it became humans. And they were they were like, but what if the garbage did cool shit, like turned you inside out or melted your flesh? All right, we're hitting the mic too much. Uh, last thing I'm gonna say is just that in a speech, Stephen Hawking was saying that maybe we'll find alien life through on other planets through the process of panspermia, but uh, also it's. If anything, like one-celled organisms, like very basic organisms. So, like anything, I mean, we probably did it with the Voyager record. Yeah, we probably got some. I mean, did, did they jizz in that before they sent I it out? I think so. I because <laughs> if they didn't, they really fucked up. I think because like imagine being the dude at NASA that was just like like twenty-five years later, like they're like Voyagers just now passed Saturn, and he's just like, hey guys, you know what I did before that left. <laughs> Just on the record. Well, they were like, <laughs> yeah, it's probably, probably if I, from everything I learned, someone probably jizzed on the golden record as a joke and it will crash into some black goo on some faraway planet someday. And then we'll have weird. And that's then, why the then, humanoids were pale and white. Yeah. And that's where we'll get Peter Parker from Spider-Man three. Hell yeah. 
Real quick, uh, another aside. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this that's it. I said my piece. All right, cool. Which astronauts do you think, of all the astronauts that have ever gone to outer space, which ones do you think uh, took care of some business out there? Like, are they allowed? I think there was something I read about a couple that fucked in space. Oh, dude. Like, it's never been for, officially for done. For science. No, it was like a married couple that were both scientists that went to space together. And, like, they didn't say that they had sex, but they also kind of implied it. Cool. So there's no like official study on the effects of sex in space, but I'm just pretty thinking, sure like, this couple like fucked in zero space. G. You're you're. It's dumb. probably it's super hard. Fucking all going all the way. Going all the way. <laughs> Everywhere. Theme where your dong goes <laughs> all, all the, the way. way. <laughs> all right. What did you learn? What did I learn? Uh, I'll go first. All right. I learned uh, the difference between Dido and tattoo. Yes, very important. I learned that Christianity probably wouldn't be such a strong religion if uh, Jesus were instead some dumpy dad bod guy. Dumpy dad bod. <laughs> dumpy dad bod Jesus. Yeah, hell yeah. I learned um, that I've almost completely forgotten. Oh, quiz show that I didn't really need to listen to you for half an hour because I've seen. Wow, good. Most of most of so the we movie. We should go quiz back show. and then insert at the beginning of my piece. If you've seen the movie Quiz Show, just skip ahead because it'll be <laughs> real fucking boring. Yeah, we'll throw in a disclaimer in good. the comments. Okay. Uh, I learned what am I at? That's three. Okay, I learned that Mel Blanc does the voice of Bugs Bunny. Yeah. And I learned that who was the other guy? Jack Benny. Yeah, that Jack Benny did the voice of a mouse. In a cartoon. How did you learn that? Oh, I, I looked it up <laughs> oh, while you were talking. Okay. <laughs> it's like, how did you learn that? I didn't mention that. Yeah, I looked that That's up. bullshit. You're, you're bringing outside effects into the fucking podcast. Sorry. You're cheating. All right, what did I learn? Well, I learned that God was horny. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of perverts. Every All these perverts with weird names what about butts and butt stuff. Name? Um. And ram ram a thing, ram a thing. <laughs> uh, think that a horny god created the earth. I learned that uh, you, Dido, Enya, and Tattoo are apparently all interchangeable for you. I don't know, which is cool. Um, make me a playlist. I'm not gonna make you a playlist because I don't know anything about them. <laughs> I All just right, know if, that they're if anyone not the out same there person. wants to make me a playlist of Tattoo, Dido, and Enya. Yeah. Well, I do know Enya has Orinoco Flow. That song's pretty cool. I like that song. Um, what else did I learn? I learned that... Um, well, I already knew that Crick was an asshole. I, I also learned that... Um, our religion's all jacked up because Dad by Jesus isn't real. <laughs> But he's going to be real in the next 15 years once HBR releases New Pope. Yeah. I think Dad um, Bod Jesus is a better title. Dad Bod Jesus for this episode? No, we can't call this episode Dad Bod Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that'll be... We can put that in parentheses. <laughs> okay. You know, it can be like... Well, I, I was thinking that the photo... We'll talk. We'll take this offline. Uh, what's the last It could be like Quiz Panspermia or something. Quiz Panspermia show. Or like... Horny, horny God uh, you quiz could, show. You can do like no. this. No, you can. No, you can do like the stupid like quiz on my pants thing, something like with that, or like quiz and jizz. Quiz, I, quiz and quiz and space jizz. Quizm and jizzm. Hmm. That's I, I've been like, thinking about like quiz m, like quiz them and jizzm. Yeah, just one word. That's the last thing I learned is that I'm very good at talking about jizz. 
Yeah. Okay. You got a lot of ideas. Oh wait, the other thing that I learned is that if you <laughs> you stimulate yourself. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you did not learn that. You knew that. We don't got to talk about that. <laughs> All right. Let's just uh, wrap it up. All right. Next week, I'm going to be talking. Anything about you want to plug? I don't want to plug. Mm-hmm. Um, I one day I'll have shows that I can talk about on this podcast. Cool. So get ready for this. But until then, um. They're not going to happen. They're, there's nothing on the books. Nothing on my books either. Um, Pride Parade's coming up. I think I might be marching in that, but I'm not sure yet. Come, come to the Pride Parade. That'll be the 16th, 17th, 17th. Se- on the 16th or 17th? I think it's two weeks from now, so I think this will line up perfectly. Nice. And, uh... This isn't a strong finish. We don't have anything. Nothing's going on in our lives. Let's just, uh, as it is, as it as it were, crack open a cold one with the boys. Crack open the boys and give them colds. And until next week, hit them in the head with your thing. Hit a put, thing on, put on put on that hard hat and get ready to get it smacked upside the head with some thinking. We're gonna drop a load of knowledge right on your forehead. As God did to the black girl. We're just gonna jizz some knowledge in the. What's that Cleveland? What's that Cleveland Cleveland thing? Where you take a. No, (laughs) Cleveland steamer? Yeah. Yeah. I'll try it on somebody's chest. You should cut all of this. Got a Cincinnati thinker in (laughs) his. Sorry, you shit a bunch of knowledge. That's right. Get ready for next Wednesday when all the we just said, or Thursday, when or Tuesday, when all of what we just said will happen. Yeah. Next, next is Vegas. I was gonna say like, next Wednesday, but that's Vegas. That's Vegas. Nothing doesn't work. Yep. Can we can we end it now? I feel like that didn't add anything. <laughs> just going back and forth. Just cut it. Are we just gonna do this for another hour? Yeah, I think we should. Right. This is a this is one. Harold, cut it. Just stop it. Just cut it.